Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I am Stuart Roberts and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me, See Me. It's just over five years ago. I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job, this is a calling. Hello, Sonia. Hiya. <laughs> again. <Right>. Again. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm at the wonderful Whitechapel Mission. This is the first recording I've done. I don't know what episode it will be, but it's the first recording I've done for the uh, Hear Me, See Me podcast. And um, I'm with the wonderful Sonia, who is the real heart and soul of this place. She's on the frontline desk. She takes no prisoners, but she's got a heart as big as a lion. And um, so, Sonia, you've, how long have you been here at Whitechapel Mission? January the 5th will be 15 years. 15 years? Yeah, January the 5th. Why are you crying? We haven't even started yet. <laughs> I, I remember my interview for coming here. Right, go on. I remember my interview. I'd missed the deadline. Right. So... Really, the job had gone. Yeah. And I rang up and I said, but you, it can't have gone because I've not got the job. Yeah. And the woman said, who are you? And I said, well, I missed the interview. I need to get this job. Um, short story, they sent me out. They thought it was worth interviewing me after that. And yeah. I came in and I sat with the CEO for, I think it was all of five minutes. And he said, the job's yours. And... Um, yeah. My life changed a lot since that day because I've, I've felt that everything I've done within homelessness, and I've done homelessness for many years, 20-odd years, was leading to this one job. It yeah. was all to get here. Yeah. So, yeah, 15 years ago, and I'm still here. Yeah. And if I could go on for another 15, hey, here I am. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Yeah, because things happen, don't they? They come along and they're sort of life-changing moments. I mean... I did my first haircuts from a session. It, funny enough, in a couple of weeks, it's five years ago, on my own in Romford. Um, and it did it change my life. It does, because you're dealing with yeah. real sh- issues. Yeah, yeah. They're not... Because people think sometimes, oh, maybe it's... You just go in, have a bit of a banter, but it's not. Yeah. These people come in re- with real stories, and they tell you their real yeah. stories. Yeah. yeah. So, it's... Um, yeah, there'll be a few noises because this is a really, really busy mission. And I don't know how we've got it so quiet, but there will be a few background noises. But, um, yeah, I, I, um, the thing was with you, from the first time I came, I saw how you engage with people. You know, I saw the connection you had. And um, what it was, I, I, I could see immediately that this was more than a job. You can't, you can't call this a job for what you do, can you? 
I'll tell you something, on a Saturday night and a Friday night, as you do when you go out with your friends and your family, and um, you get carried away with this routine of saying, oh, work tomorrow, and everyone sort of does a shrug, and, and I used to do that to, be, to fit in, yeah. to feel, yeah, I couldn't brag about mine. I had to just sort of make out it was, yeah, I'll work tomorrow. And then I realised that I didn't have to do that anymore. I could say, no, I enjoy my job. And it's so great now because my family and friends will say things like, oh, you're okay. And I said, well, yeah, I actually look forward to going to work. It's something that fulfills me and gives me more of a reason to want to help. So for me, I don't know, it's everything. Yeah. It's everything because the people are real people. Yeah. People are going through traumas, have been, still going through. And they need somebody to say it's okay. And that's what we try to do here. We try to say it's okay. And instead of just putting a plaster on, maybe wipe it down a bit. Yeah. Make sure there's no... It's not leaking and swabbing. Yeah. And so we try and take the swelling down, wipe it up a bit. Yeah. And make it look good and at the end hopefully we've got a scar that looks like it was never there yeah yes it's there but with all the care and the love and attention that's gone around that cut looks oh, great now that's a wonderful analogy of um you know what you do with people i mean today i, I mean we we obviously won't mention names and that, but there was a guy wasn't there who's who you said about being terminally ill and and you know this is somebody that I will always be grateful to Mr. Miller, my CEO, yeah. because he has he allowed me to sort of design the place and work in a way that suited the clients yeah. and not that suited us. Yeah. And so it makes it easier if somebody wanders in to sort of somebody new, you're okay, mate. And I think it's the fact that we're all, so, as a staff team, we're all... We look out for those people, those ones that don't say a lot, those one that new face that's just come in. And that's how we met that gentleman. Yeah. And he waited for over two hours to see me. Yeah. And he came in and I said, oh, what can I do for you? And, you know, he just said, um, I'm dying and yeah. I want to go back to my home. Yeah. And I don't know about anybody else, but... Just to be in a position where people are coming in to tell you the most sensitive information, yeah. sometimes the most hardest thing for them to do is to let you know, I was raped as a child. I was raped as an adult. I was raped in prison. I'm dying. These are all big, massive things. Yeah. And we've got this little area that we've got to take all this information in and at the same time make them feel it's okay. Yeah. And we can do that, and we've done that. And, you know, I want this man, what I need, I don't even want it, <laughs> because what we want is something that we could do that. But what I need is for this man to be housed back where he comes from, with his family and friends, and without having to be on the street before it happens. Yeah. I want him to go from one house to another house and get the support that he needs. Now, if that's our job, it's falling on our doors. It's our job to do. Yeah. Social workers, all these different people, professionals, they're out there. It's great. But not everyone can fit in to seeing them, making appointments. Not, able, not everyone's able to do that. 
So it's when they come to places like this, yeah. you have a little chat, and that leads to, oh, my God, do you know what's happening with this man? It's a big deal. So... The, most, the last thing you can give someone, I mean, the, the man is terminally ill, and he just wants to go home. And his doctor rang. I sort of said to him, tell your doctor, because he's give me a relief. He looked at me very strangely. And... We rang the doctor, she rang me um, a couple of hours ago and this is why we do the job because when you connect with other people, I don't know the doctor, she doesn't know me, but we know that we've all got a need to help yeah. and support. And so as soon as I've said to her, this is the situation, no airs and graces, this is it. And we want this for him. And she said, Sonia, what do you want me to do? I'll do whatever I can. Straight away, she's going to do a letter. Straight away, he'll get that. He'll bring it to me. I send it to the, to the, to the housing. And it's, it, the ball is rolling yeah. for him to get what he needs. And I think that's what's important because he's got no friends. He left London, his hometown, years ago and came to London. And he used to drink. And it's drinking that's caused yeah. his, his, the damage. Um, and he recognises that. And he wants the help and he, want, he want, yeah. just wants to feel close to his family at a time like this. And that's what we're here for, just to make things easier for people and to let them know that people care. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you hear me sometimes, I'm constantly telling my clients that I love them. Yeah. You know, when they're leaving, I want to give them a hug. Yeah. I want to reassure them that if I've spent two hours with you, doing this, doing that, filling out forms for referrals, getting into referring them to drug projects, Ultimately, they could go out that front door and meet a mate and it all changes. So everything that we've just planned, that we've just organised for them, and at the time they wanted it, they want the rehab, they want the reset, they yeah. want the guidance, but they go out that door, they see a mate, a friend, yeah. and they're off. Everything we've just done went out the window. To me, the worst thing is, OK, they go off and they do whatever they're doing, and at the end of it, they're thinking, oh, shit, I didn't do all what I was supposed to do. I can't come back to Sonia. Yeah. I can't come back to the mission. Or that fear of, oh, God, I don't want to see them because they did all that work and I didn't get it done. Yeah. My clients must never feel like no, that. exactly. Never, and that's what's important. Yeah. I don't care if I spent four hours with you. When you go out there, if you get carried away and end up in Timbuktu doing whatever, yeah. you are able to come back and say, Son, do you know I didn't manage to get anything done? We'll start again. Yeah, because it's non-judgment. There's no judgment. Absolutely none. And no. that's the first thing that's I tell what volunteers. That's I've seen a witness. There's no judgment at no. all. No, because we've all got kids. I've got kids. I've got two kids, and I'm blessed to have my kids. I've got an extended family that is loving, supportive. And my mum, every Christmas, my mum never spent it with us. No. She used to make... She was a, a single mother. Yeah. And she used to make breakfast, prepare everything, leave it there and say, at six o'clock, we'd wake up and she'd be gone. Yeah. She'd go to Centrepoint to help um, give, give, give out food to the homeless. Right. So it's something that's been embedded in us to always try and help, no matter how small it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I love, I love my job. I love what, how she's made me and who I am here. I love the fact that my clients support us, they care. Um, and that they know where to come for help. Uh, what I've witnessed as well over the years is that they really care for each other, don't they? 
there's a, so much um, you know support for each other. Uh, I mean, there's obviously conflicts. We get a lot of conflicts, but generally there's real support for each other, aren't there? That, that I don't one. know if you saw that today earlier on. One was getting their hair cut, and the other one said, "Oh, what are you doing?" And he went, "We're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and then we're going to yeah. go there." They met two days ago in here. Right. But both, they look like they've known each other for a long time. Both staying at the night shelter. Right. And it, you know, you can tell someone, "Look, that man is a good guy. He's going to be at the shelter. Look out for him." Yeah. And that's all you need to say. Yeah. Because all of them are at a point in their life where they're making changes. They're dealing with drugs and alcohol and they're making, trying to make changes in the midst of this craziness that they're going through. And then they find a mate. And it, surprisingly, it, most of the time it works. Yeah. And they support each other, they care about each other. They'll come and tell me, Sonia, there's places at the night shelter, there's an extra bed going, someone left this morning. You know, just yeah. to let me know that somebody else can get a bed. Yeah, they're caring, supportive of each other. Uh, I've noticed in, in this mission that there's... I can sort of understand why, but it's not, there's not many women, is there? It's quite a, quite a small percentage of women. Do you think it's good quite a, a male-orientated environment? Or no, it's not. Them off? It's not at all. I think um, the few women that are here are very strong-willed women. Yeah. That take no shit. Yeah. Um, but can be a bag of laughs all in the same yeah. hour. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's what we're blessed with. It's not so much the male or female, but that the female that are here are quite strong. Yeah. Um, yeah, we rely and we depend on each other. I think there's a, there's a mutual respect mm. with... And, I, and I'm not sure where that comes from, whether it's something that we all do culturally in Britain, but for our age group, that you respect your elders and you respect females. Mm. And so a lot of the clients will kick off. And if the men go out there, straight away there can be a me against you. But if myself or Sue or Michelle go out as yeah. the female staff, there's almost of, sorry, 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 Sonia, I never meant to yeah. swear, or I never meant to be, and you'll have to be like, oh, it's cool. Yeah. But there's a mutual respect that they would want to power down from whatever activity yeah. is happening, whether they're getting angry with somebody, whatever it is, they will tend to bow down and sort of be, oh, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to do that. So I've witnessed that. I've witnessed that quite a lot. And I mean I remember a guy, this is this is the only I mean I've got sixty projects across the UK now and Wow is, the, yeah six, how many? Sixty. We opened Wakefield last week, so that's number sixty now. Six hundred okay. volunteers. And we've 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 given over forty thousand haircuts now in five. I years. am in your corner for that MBE, and you keep thinking. You, I know you say that. I know, but I just thought, look, there's too many people that don't get recognised for the work that they do. Yeah, you're one of them. Well, I don't know that, but I definitely yeah. know that you are. But uh, I've, well, aside from that, I've I um, this is the only place I've ever been threatened. My life's been threatened, and I remember yeah, because yeah, we're hardcore. Yeah, hardcore. The people that come here, remember, they're at the yeah. Look, the people will be banned from other day centres. We actually try to not ban anyone. Yeah. If we've got to ban someone, there's an issue. Yeah. We've got one person that I know of to date that's banned. Yet she can come to that window, and give me her papers, and I'm still working on it. Yeah. Do you know just, what I mean? She just can't come in. Yeah. Yes. But give me your papers, babes, yeah. and I'll do it. Yeah, the, well, I remember the guy, and he, um, 
Yeah, he, he, he really... He, I think I looked at him. <laughs> he said, only I looked at him the wrong way. And he, he, uh, he really, in the end, he said, I'm going, he's going to kill you. And he said, if you kill me, I'm going to come back to life and kill you again. And all this stuff, right? And I, I, you know, and then I'm sure it was you that told him to go. And, uh, and he appeared a little while later at the window to have another go at me. Um, but it, it... Oh, God, I don't want to put people off of what we do because it's, it's such a minority of, of things. But I've seen... That it's a it's exactly right. There's a confrontation when a man goes against a man. That you go out and they're like pussycats. The biggest, angriest man takes no nonsense from you or so at all. Because I think as well that we, I, that a lot of the clients have a mum, yeah. or they had a mum, they had a sister, yeah. a auntie that lived around the corner. That so sometimes they connect with you on the auntie role. I've got a man that comes every so often. Big Mama. <laughs> and that's just his name for me. Yeah. And he's called me that from I met him. And everyone knows when he's back on the scene because he's shouting and he's pissed out of his head and he's yeah. calling Big Mama, I love you, I love you, Big Mama. <laughs> and so I relate. And I'm like, well, Big, I'm not appreciative. You're not coming in my office. And you're just real with him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he knows that you're real with him. And that's what works. We're just real with people. Yeah. Forget the airs and graces. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. People have got serious drugs and alcohol issues that a lot of them occurred through no fault of their own. Mm. I think that's the bit that always chokes me. That shit happens to people. Mm. They don't talk about it. No. And it lingers and it festers mm. until it becomes a sore and then an open wound. And then that's it. Mm. And that's what it is for a lot of guys. So to begin with, they've already got those issues that they've covered over with drink and they've covered over it with drugs. It's just a solution, isn't it? It's, it's not, it's not, I mean, it's just a, I mean, I did it. I mean, I'm 13 years sober, but, uh, you know, drinking worked. Taking drugs worked because it took me Tem away from myself temporarily. Yeah. It made everything worse. Of course. But I do understand and I often think and about these guys out there. It's cold, it's lonely. And I, f I see the appeal of a drink, even someone who doesn't drink, you know, and how quickly that could get, you know, relied upon. Um, so it, it, you ca I can't say to anyone, you shouldn't be drinking or you shouldn't be taking drugs. All I can say to them is that when I stopped, gradually, things got better and better for me. You know, so that's, that's all I can ever do. And sometimes, sometimes one will... I went outside and had a little chat with someone today and it's, mm. sometimes it falls on, on deaf ears, but sometimes you might sow a seed with someone to think. And that's what matters. And that is it, I think. It's just con For me, it's consistently being there, knowing that whenever you're ready or when times are rough, someone's there to listen and help you, to get over that and to try. Do you know what I mean? Because I always say to guys, look, they say, so no, I want to go into rehab and, or detox. And I say, OK. And they're like, Aren't you going to tell me I should mean it? And I said, no, you want to do it today. We're going to fill out the form today because this is how you're feeling today. Let's see if we can do something about it. I said, if you go in and it doesn't work, what harm's that? I said, I tell you, the only good that will come out of that is your health. You'll get healthy for a couple of days. So the couple of days you're in there, yeah. you've had no drink or you've had no smoke. Yeah. And that could only be a good thing to your body. So it works and... Yeah, I just love the client group and I love being able to help and I, I love the fact that we can help. Do you know what I mean? You're yeah. not knocking your on death doors. It is real people with real issues that 
just need guidance and to know that somebody's there. And I, you know, I say over and over again, that's why we're here. Just wherever we can book that little bit of support, drugs, the alcohol, we do it and do it to the best of our ability. We get generations coming back here. Oh, no, I've seen you know, that. in 15 years, I'm surprised. I've got generations coming back. You knew my mum. Yeah. You know, we've had clients that have passed on. Um, it's, it's not... The sad days are sad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, you see someone get sectioned, you know, and you're screaming and you're thinking, oh, gosh. But you go and visit them in hospital and they're grateful that you were there and that you gave them that support and... Yeah, so it's difficult, but it's a job that makes you so humble. It can be a bit of an emotional roller coaster, can't it? Because you sort of, I find it in here and, and many places like this that one minute you're all laughing, and then as you say, something comes from left field and it hits you in the heart, doesn't it? That someone will just open up and say that, and they say it's so matter of fact, you know, like, as you said, I've been raped or. You know, I remember a young girl said, um, my dad used to pimp, my dad, I can't go home, my dad used to pimp me out and up to his friends and, you know, like, and you think, that's when you feel blessed, you know, for your children, isn't it? You know, that your children haven't got to go through that. I had, uh, when I first came here, I met, um, Tony had a way of, he'd known a lot of these clients before because he's been here for so long. And one thing I thought was really, I didn't understand the, understand it in the beginning, and then in the end, I got it. So clients would come in, and I'd say, have you been here before? And he'd say, I've been coming here for years. And I'd think, OK, I'd write his name down to, mem to remind myself to have a word with Miller about him, yeah. just so I could get a little bit of background. But Miller was always busy, so I'd have to make time to see him. And times would lapse, because I needed to do whatever I was doing for the client. So I'd have to go back and just do the homework myself and find out and then one day I came to him and I said um a b c tom dick harry this that, that. and he said son that's why I left you I wanted you to just do it your way because you might be blighted by what I say whereas if you're getting it from them your way you'll deal with it your way and not my way and I said oh you're so right because when I'm talking to them and they're telling me I'm getting the feeling I'm picturing what's happening and I'm writing it down and I'm dealing with it. So it's not that it has to go all round the postal. I mean, half of the kitchen staff won't know what's going on with some of the clients in here no. unless it's a need-to-know basis. Yeah. And that's because... And they still treat them with the greatest respect and don't judge them. So we think we've got a win-win situation. Yeah, we've got a win-win situation because we deal with what we see straight away in front of us and... I mean, because the thing as well, what you've got here, you've got, I mean, I was blown away when they actually took me downstairs and upstairs and, you know, the amount of donations, there's, there's clothes, there's obviously food, but there's, you know, toiletries and all these other things. So they're getting, you know, on this, some places people would think, oh, well, that's, you know, that, that's enough in itself. But you really help them sort their lives out. You know, and I've, I've heard people try it on with you you know there's so you take no falls do you i mean i've heard people but then they're just they're used to just doing what they can to get what they need and sometimes in unfortunately in life you have to beg lie and steal yeah um i had a client that came in yesterday and he said he sort of said i was in the night shelter but i lost my bed yeah. 
Um, and um, I didn't know that I could go back and I, uh, I couldn't get back yesterday and it was late. And then when I did get back, it was late. And I, I had never met him before, but he was so, he came across really well. So I said to him, oh, that's really strange. I said, um, usually when the night shelter, when you miss a bed, you have to come back and be referred in again. And he said, oh, well, and he tried to sort of babble me on. Yeah. And I took as much as it as, as I could. And then I rang the actual night shelter. It was so funny. And I said to the guy, I've got Tom with me or, you know, the person. That, he said, oh, yeah, bit of drinking last night. And we had to, the other night we had to ask him to leave. Yeah. And I turned to the client. And you can deliver the messages, bad or good, is how you deliver it. So I just looked at him and I said to him, you don't know me, do you? And he said, no. I said, pleased to meet you, I'm Sonia. I said, hear what now? <laughs> there was a bit of drinking going on the other night. You missed that bit to tell me. And as soon as I said it, his face was serious. Then I smiled. Yeah. Because straight away I'm saying, but it's cool. Yeah. You was drinking, but it's cool. And he went, really? I went, brethren, it's cool. Yeah. They know that our clients drink and have drug issues. They know that. Yeah. But you just don't want to go there intoxicated. So yeah. you turned up drunk. Did you give them a fight? No, you never. You left. So it's all good. He went, oh, you're cool, you are. Yeah. You're cool. <laughs> and it's, you know, to him that was like, yeah, yeah. She, she, he went out there saying, no, nah, man, she's, she's cool. Yeah. He was the one that came in first and said, thank you very much for yesterday. Oh, I saw that, yeah. And so it's just knowing how to respect yeah. them and talk to them in a, in a way that you're not it's judging It's non-judgmental them. again, isn't it? It's yeah. non-judgmental. It's not... He had a drink and he felt that yeah. coming to tell a, a worker, a professional, was going to not look good for him. Yeah. You know, or he had to lie to make it, to make me believe him. No. The nature is that you may fail ten times in one day. Yeah. We're encouraging you, please keep getting up. You can walk. Get up. Yeah. You know, and I always say to them, guys, you crawl, just like a baby. You go back to crawling, and then slowly you start going up on all fours. Yeah. The next thing, you can't believe it, I've seen so many clubs running. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And yeah. passing the battle on, because yeah. they've been through the whole process. And that is it. They pass it on. They'll tell their friends, come and see Sonia, she'll sort it out. Sometimes I'm like, hello. <laughs> Why are you telling him that? Nah, son, she's all right. Again, I've got no plans. We've got no plans. We just know that we'd want to help. Yeah. So when they brag and say they'll sort it out, oh, the mission will sort it out, we actually don't know how to sort it out. We're just going to tackle it as if it was one of our family members, as if it was our son or our daughter or our cousin or our mum. And I think that's why Whitechapel works, because yeah. we don't look at what they've gone, where they've been, we just look at, do you know what? Do you need shoes? Here it yeah. is. Do you need a new, t you sure you don't need a jacket? Gloves, scarf? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's just showing whatever you need and we've got it, it's yours. And the beautiful thing is I've heard you say that. I've heard you say, do you need a jacket? And they go, no, no, this one's all right. Yeah. And people think everyone's after everything all the time. They go, no, this one's fine. You know, they're, 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 you know, you get some people who are the, who, who take what they don't need, but most of them just take what they need, oh. don't they? Or take something for someone else. Oh. The guy today was taking some books for his friend in hospital, you know, like, 
the couple that came today, yeah. the, the lady and the man that we just yeah. left, someone told her to come down here and um, she, she's going to be homeless. And then I needed to know a bit more in order to try yeah. and help her a bit more. Yeah. And then she finally broke. She sort of said, in a very low, she sort of said, oh, somebody's letting me sleep on the kitchen floor. Yeah. And I went, and you're not giving me any money? She said, no. I said, okay, don't worry, we'll sort it. Straight away, it gives you a picture of what you can do. So this man is doing a really good deed. He's got no money. So what you're going to do, you're going to make sure he has food. She's going there with food. So they both benefit. You're going to make sure they've got toiletries. And I said to her, I say that to a lot of clients, get up early in the morning and get out. You come here to the day centre, we open every single day of the yeah. year. Whitechapel Mission, every day of the year. 6 a.m. our doors open, whether someone's there or not. They open electronically. Yeah. And I said, you come in here. Leave the man in his house to go to the loo. Yeah. Excuse my French, to shit if he wants. Yeah. <laughs> You're not in his space. And she laughed. She went, really? I said, yeah. You come in here, it'll be warm. You'll have biscuits. You'll yeah. have breakfast. And he can be in his home. You just go home late at night. Yeah. And she was, she's so grateful. You can see he was... Yeah. Also very grateful. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... It's people helping people, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it's so easy, and yet we make it seem so hard. I know. Um, like you said, our harvest time, the one tin of beans, ten kids, that's ten tin of beans. Yeah. And that's what, we, that's what you see every day in yeah. here. And that's what we're able to help people with. So people give a little bit... But together, yeah, it makes it makes a world of difference, doesn't it? Clothes, come on! I've been here for fifteen years, and every single day for fifteen years, there is clothes to give the homeless, yeah, to men to have a shower, and we're talking about underwear, socks, shoes, and this is not somebody saying, government saying, here's a big fat check, get on with it. No. This is no government funds. So this is purely relying on people and corporates to help. Yeah. So we know there's a lot of love out there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? People, volunteers make this work. What you're doing with you, even your haircuts. Yeah. I have clients that you say I shouldn't, I'm not saying, I'm just telling you as it is. You yeah, know me. Course. Clients will come in and all day long I'm getting, when they're coming in for their hair, son. It's well received. Isn't yeah. It? I'm going to get my dad up here. Yeah. Girls walking past. When do you have the haircuts? Yeah. I'm doing my accents again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's something that they begin to rely on. Yeah. And enjoy. Today was non-stop. Yeah, 28 today. Come yeah. on. Yeah. 28 people coming here to get their haircuts. Yeah. Who would have done that for them? Where would they have been if you hadn't done it? Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, know. I know. And that's the I, thing like, that gets me. And, and but it, it helps me so much. I mean... I see because people, you know, we often say it's more than just a haircut. And I think when you witness it, it really is, isn't it? You know, like when it's laying hands on people and it's people. Close. It's physically close for men, especially. Yeah. Um, and there's also, yes, we do have the showers, but not everyone uses them. No. So you're going to have men that don't have the best body smell. Yeah. And the guys come in, 
when they do the hairs and nobody mentions you know we open the window here but it's done with such non-judgmental all these young beautiful yeah. hairdressers yeah. when they're coming in all the guys are out there saying oi, oi, yeah, yeah. because it's all the fun they're young they're beautiful and they're doing this for free yeah they're doing this because they want to do something to give back yeah and we, we have it's a win-win for us we have i have volunteers from all all parts of the industry as well and you know like today you know we've got people who do celebrities hairdressers Fantastic. you know they're celebrities hairdressers and you know they give their time up equally you know and it 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 moved me so much early on how many people wanted to get involved with no no, no ulterior motive you know no yeah, i just want to help i think because people so busy thinking that people always do things the kind of world we live in it's very materialistic and everybody wants to want and power and money and mm. but some people just do things yeah the good of their heart because they want to give something back or they just think it's the right thing to do and we're all surprised by it because we're like oh, how could so many people just want to give but that's what i've i've got a lot of hope and faith in mankind yeah i do too. i have a me lot too. of faith me and too. hope in mankind i know that if i if i want to go to the hospital and ask for anything i know i'm getting it yeah. Because I'm going with the right intention and I know that I'll connect with somebody there that also has the same feelings about helping. Yeah. Get I mean, together we work. Because the thing is you have to you deal with people um with all different I mean they're coming at you with different attitudes. I mean, I've seen some really grateful people there today. I've seen some very angry, hostile, unappreciative people. But they've just got their own world going on, haven't they? I mean one was quite, was waiting to speak to you and he, he he was really quite hostile to me and my my inner self, my, my sort of old self, yeah. wants well, to take him on. I yeah. want to take him on. I yeah. want to say, don't yeah. you talk to you know, I want to do all that stuff. Yeah. And then I quickly check myself and think, no, where am I? Who am I dealing with? There's all, and, <laughs> you know, like I say to other clients, so you saw one kicking off on the other one because he said something. Yeah. And as soon as I'm saying to him, he's not, that man's not well, that wasn't nice, I can almost guarantee you that tomorrow he'll apologise. Yeah. I can't explain how deep it can be for these guys because sometimes people kick off. I've been called names, mm. all sorts of names. Ah, oh, fuck you, you do nothing for no one. All these horrible... Mm. Tomorrow they'll come in and say, I'm really sorry about what I said yesterday. And I'm like, babe, it's cool. Mm. Because we all have tough moments when things get to us. Some of these guys are sleeping in bushes. Yeah. Their blanket got wet. They went back to their sleeping site and it was all gone. Yeah. So he's coming here and you've asked him something and he's never had much sleep. He's cold. He didn't have money for anything. He's fed up. Yeah. You ask him something and they tip and they say something. But you guarantee that once they've calmed down again, 9% of our clients, they just... Ah, oh, I've had a fucked up day, son. I've had a bad night, son. Well, they stole all my gear, all my ID's gone, Sonia. And then you know how sad it is because without ID, there's no benefits. Yeah. And without benefits, there's no housing. And without benefits, there's no nothing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, you're talking about stealing and committing a crime and that revolving door of going in and out of prison. And yeah, here we like to keep them safe. They go in about some of them and come out of prison, but we're here. We even get them ringing us and saying things like, son, I ain't got long. <laughs> what, from I, prison? Yeah, 
get it regularly. <laughs> I get letters from prison. I've got loads of letters from prison. And I, I, mama, mama. Listen, I love it. They ring, they, son, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, son, this happened, that. And it's great because for some of them, like this guy, a couple of weeks ago, he rang and he was like, son, it's me. I was like, yeah, where are... Oh, you're not there again. What have I told you? Get off my line. <laughs> son, 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 hold on. And he's trying to give me his, his number so that we can send him some money. Yeah. And I'm saying to him, oh, we've got your details. And he's going, no, son, just in case you ain't. <laughs> son, one, one, son, just in case. Yeah. And the joke is that when I went to the manager to go and try and see if we could send him something... All the details were there. We'd sent him. He'd been in and out a couple of times well over the years. And each yeah. time he goes in, he rings us and we send him money. And he was trying to say to me, oh, no, this is the first time, son. Yeah, this is. Yeah. But clearly there, we could see. He went in. He's out. He's come out the other day. came, put his head around the door. Thanks for that, son. Because remember, he's in prison. Yeah. He's not committed no major crime. Yeah. He's done shoplifting. But because maybe he's done it too many times, yeah. he's now got a sentence. He's in prison, he can't phone his family, or maybe he hasn't got any. Mm. He phones us. Do you know what I mean? Or he writes us, and we write him back. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him what's going on, that we're cool, he's cool, yeah. keep your head down. So it's important for us to not judge them and treat everybody the same. Yeah. As in, no judging, whatever you need, wherever we can. If we can't help, we refer you on. I remember I cut a, I cut a guy's hair quite early on when I was doing this, and he he just come out from a twelve stretch, so he was you know oh, it's quite serious, life. you know, and um, but what had happened? He, the thing is, they're very institutionalised, so he's he's had his life organised for him for so long. He come out, he did not know what to do. He was so angry, like he really wanted to fight, you know. And I'm talking to him and chatting to him, and you know, establishing a rapport with him, and pretty quickly he knew I. I I was from a similar background to him, and um, but he said, uh, "I think you're just doing something to go back in," and that's the. And it was so sad that I thought, "You probably." It sounded like he probably would. It just he cannot cope outside. There's no coping. There's no help to cope, because you're coming from an institution, aren't you? And I think it's the lack of funding. Yeah. Um, probation officers used to be able to help a lot. They used to have a lot of um, support workers within the prison. So when somebody's looking to be released, they'd make appointments to see the resettlement officers. Do you know, and have some sort of plan ahead of what's going to happen. Um, and over the years, that has really... It's funny, now that I'm actually speaking about it, I'm realising that I haven't had a call from somebody from a prison for a long time. Right. Where they would normally... A worker would call up and say, look, I've got Tom Brown in my office. Yeah. Um, he's coming out in three months. And we're looking at housing. Is there anything he's from your area or... And, you know, you would sort of um, correspond with that. A lot of guys come out and they sit there and they're telling you they've just come from prison from doing however long. And this, there, is, there is support out there. Yeah. But it just is harder for these clients to get them to join up all the dots. That's the th yeah, that's the, the thing. The clients, because things have changed so much as well. And funding's been cut in every... In all, everyone's yeah. little organisation. So what you could do all the time, you can't do that anymore. And you have to pick and choose which one, where the money's going to go. Yeah. And so clients come out and they're like, for a start, this universal credit. Oh, yeah. You know, 
you, you, it's so sad sometimes to see people, matured people in their life, that you, you know, they've just gone down to the job centre and been told that they need, this is the benefits, and they have to go and do it online, and they never use the computer. I know. You know, you kind of think, well, how is this per how would this person have coped? They, they literally don't know how to turn on the computer. So how are they going to make a claim? And I mean, I know that the DWP have lots of organisations out there that people can access. But again, you come from prison, you spent the night on the street, you've got no sleeping bag, you don't know where you're going to sleep tonight, you've got to sort out your benefits, you've got no care of address, you've got no ID because everything's gone. The only thing you've got to show is a prison card. And that's not a good thing to be sticking in front of someone's face. But that's what they're faced with. Yeah. So instead of going straight to DWP for benefits, or they end up going to homeless places. And luckily enough, their peers will sort of say, oh, no, you're going to need to do this. Yeah, and that's when that peer help comes in. Yeah, because they will show them, this is what you need to do to yeah. access that. That's how you... So they help each other. And they will say, look, go and see the staff in the office. They will do this for you. They will do that. So it's really difficult for those that come from prison. Um, and being on the street, they don't go back to the area that they lived. So they, were, they went to prison in Tower Hamlets or Tottenham or... Now that they're homeless, they don't want to sleep on the streets in Tottenham for people to see them. No, exactly. Their other friends to see them. Mm. So they come to other areas. And this area, thank God, is known for homelessness. There's a lot of services. Well, there used to be. They're all sort of closing down now. But there's services that they can access and get support. Yeah. And they'll come in here and, as I said, their peers will help and staff will sort of point them in the right direction and get them back on their feet. But... It's very, very difficult because they have to get everything in order. The benefits, the housing, you're still on probation. Do you know what I mean? There's so many things that they have to do. And, yeah, they've got to get it done or the system will fail them. Yeah. If they don't get these things done, if they don't get benefits done, it's, you can't get nowhere. No one can house you. You've got no benefits. We need to get you benefits. Yeah. So it's that, that that terrible catch twenty two situation. Care of address, somewhere to live. Yeah. One good thing now, GPs uh, 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 recognising more and more the homelessness in their boroughs, and they're allowing some um, residents in their doctor surgery to use them as a care of address. Right. So yes, you are homeless, but you can have your post sent here. Right. Which is a good thing because. You need that if you're applying for jobs and things yeah. like that. You need that. So where else can they? Can they? Where else can they have care of address? Oh, most day centres they can have yeah. a care of address. Yeah. Um, they have homeless um, doctors, GPs. Yeah. Scattered all around. There's one just in Brick Lane that's really, really good. They're a care of address. Um, you also find just evening projects, the yeah. reset. Any anyone that works with people that are on the street and they're struggling, there'll always be somewhere where we can point you to and say you can use them as a care of address. Yeah. And that's always a biggie because people don't know that. It's, yeah, that is. That's, that's really important. And also it's the thing is that um, a lot of people don't realise that most of these things you're saying are all people-led and charity-led and volunteer-led and they're not actually funded by the government no, no. or the local councils or mm -hmm. anything like that. Yep. You know, like there's... there's um, you know, and in my in my experience, there's been local councils who 
won't even acknowledge a problem because then they've got a responsibility to put some funding or money to it. So they actually often say they haven't got a homeless problem. Well, to be fair, I think with Tower Hamlets, I don't think they could actually say that. We've had a lot they of work. They can't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've had a lot of work with um, Tower Hamlets Council. And to be fair, they've been really... They've been supportive and maybe maybe would want to do more. I don't know. But we are on a track where my CEO has things sorted. Right. So we know where we're going and we know what we want to do. Yeah. And he just wants to help homeless people. Yeah, and it's because it's so established here, isn't it? He's got that long track record. And He's got it to a T. Yeah. yeah he's it's, an amazing man. Yeah. And so... Look, without... I can't... You know, it's weird because yeah. when my mum was alive, she used to say... I'm praying for him. <laughs> you know, you know, with the old black women and gospel yeah. and Christianity. Yeah, yeah. For her, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. She's yeah. every day I come home, she used to say to me, Oh, it's Tony. <laughs> you know, because yeah. she knew that he made it possible to help so many people by just doing what we all should do. How long ago did you lose her? I lost mum five years now. Five years. And it feels like yesterday. My um, dad at Christmas is 13 years at Christmas. I never tell anyone it'll be okay. I say to people, you learn to live with it. You do. You learn to live with it, but it, 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 like, as you say, it doesn't... Like, it seems like... I was six months sober when my dad died. Right. I was six I months sober. <laughs> and um, he, was, he was... He was very near the end in hospital, and I, I said to him... Uh, Oh, well, Dad, at least uh, I'm not drinking now. And I was waiting for my pat on the back. He went, about fucking time. It's <laughs> a real dad. Yeah. We're yeah. Scottish. I can't do the accent, but he was Scottish. Yeah. And, you know, like, and, I, and it, it was that, yeah, well, yeah. That he, <laughs> and it was good that he'd lived to see it. And don't yeah. you think that everything you do, since getting stronger and stronger, yeah. you kind of think, God, it would have been great if he was... Yeah. He would have loved all this. He would have loved. He would have loved the things of like you know, like when we had the TV advert and that. And uh, yeah, God, he was proud. Oh, he was. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, they're, they're 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 there, aren't they? They're there. There's an essence of them that's you know, whether your whatever your faiths or beliefs or anything. There's there's just a they they just stay with you. I think I've you know, I can still hear him speak. I can still hear him talk to me. I. I, that's my role. When I sit there and yeah, I'm saying you've, things you've to clients, become mama, I've just you? become no, no. my, I've just become yeah, my mum. Yeah, and uh, my kids say that I'm getting like my dad in my old age, which is quite annoying for them. But it, you know, like, but in a way, good for us because I never thought I could ever walk oof. in my mum's shoes. I, I had oh. such high regards for my mum yeah. and the work. She was a charity worker. She'd done homeless work all the time. Yeah. She worked in the church, and everything was about helping. Yeah. Getting all the young kids to school. Oh, you, neighbours would... And they never looked at it then. Back then, neighbours would be drinking. And she, my, first thing my mum says, she's gone over there and we're thinking, she, she's gone to say, let me take the kids to Sunday school. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that was her thought. OK, mum might drink, dad might drink. Let me take the boys to Sunday school. Yeah. Get them out of the house. Yeah. You know, and I always, like, looking back at it, I think, God, that was so clever. Yeah. <laughs> to give them that space and to also encourage mum that... You weren't doing this on your own. It was okay. We'd, yeah. we'd come in and support. Yeah, and so. she was a single parent? She was a single parent with six children. <laughs> she came and to she this country. she had that love and 
Look, support for everyone else. Look, it's amazing. She's isn't it? always taught us it's about doing for others more than even doing for yourself. Yeah. Because as a firm believer in God, yeah. she used to always tell us, "Look, I can't do for you unless He does for me." Right. So He allows me to do for you. Okay. So he, I have to keep put Him first, yeah. and she's always told us that God came before us. Yeah. And that was just her way. I love that woman. She, yeah. That's why I'm I'm here today. That's why my family are the way they are and my um uh you'll love this. Next I'm going to Manchester at the weekend. I'm there for a few days. We're doing a project on Monday. We're opening Witness New Centre on Tuesday day. But Tuesday evening it's a um and that's like a gospel church. And they have four VIP events a year. And what they are, rather than just the basics of things, they lay on a VIP, and it's like a, it, the nearest thing I can put it to is like a wedding, because I've been to one before, and they lay out a red carpet. They literally have a red carpet. They come in by minibus from different centres, and, and some from the street. Uh, they have all the red and white, it's all non-alcoholic, but it's all the red yeah, and white yeah. wine on reception. They go up. We do, we've got hair cutting station where we do that. They've got clothes. And then they have a three-course meal, all at tables, laid out like a wedding. And it, it's the most wonderful, amazing thing. Really? Yeah. That sounds and and they do, great. Uh, the VR, and they call it the VIP event. And Is I thought it's lovely for them to have something that's... Because it's forever the essentials of life, isn't it? Look, what you just said kind of reminds me of the women's group, what we do on a Friday. Yeah, that's brilliant. The fact that we get rid of all these chairs and tables. Look, I got some makeup from your the lady Lovely last Maxine time. Leonard. Maxine Leonard. Brought, listen, Maxine Leonard, I love yeah, you, girl. Yeah. Shout out, Maxine. I've got boxes of of makeup and stuff that yeah. she's sent in for our women. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying though yeah. about the love? Yeah. She just came in to do something with you. The yeah. next thing she's giving us stuff. And she's a doer. I've got her on my Instagram. No, no she's a pro see, people promise. And I think with the best women in the world, they mean well a lot of the time. They do mean well, but not everyone follows through on and these things. Do, does what they say. And I like a doer. Yeah. You know, like you're a doer yeah. and you get things done. I yeah. like to get things done. I put pressure on myself because um, I've got this thing that, that we haven't got long. Yeah. You know? Don't you think it's our age why we think that? Probably. It's our age. Probably. I think a few years back we wouldn't have felt that. Because as soon as you said it, that's how I feel. There is, I haven't got long. No. I kind of say I, I, and I don't know why I'm saying I, I feel like I haven't got long. No. And so I need to do as much yeah. help. And, yeah. We're, I think we're on the same page with that because I, and it's funny when I say it in front of my kids and they go, oh, you're not dying, are you, Dad? You're not, yeah, <laughs> you're not, not telling us something. I said, no, no, I just mean that kids, you, you don't know how fast this goes. Just so the cycle of life is that we repeat these things because we did have someone telling us when we were younger, but your mind is not programmed to listen. It's the experience that makes you change and think different. It's your own experience because my own experience makes me think the way I think now. When I go out and I see people out there, I think to myself, God, look at my clients. I love them even more. Yeah. Because even in their... Their, their most desperate situation, 
there's that glimmer of hope. There's always a glimmer of hope, no matter how small and tiny it is. Glimmer of hope that everything will be all right. And I live by it. Because if I didn't, I think I'd have to just walk away and give up the job. Yeah. You have to live by faith and hope that things will be get better and things can change. And it might take us a long time, but it happens. Look at you. Yeah. I... Could you ever dream that you'd be the way you are now? No. No. And You've got people coming from all over to do your thing. Yeah. Your idea. Yeah. And you've got 28 people today have left here. Feeling better about themselves. And gone into all different walks of life and yeah. somebody say, oh, you've cut your hair. Or just feeling better going down the street. Yeah. How wonderful feeling is that? I'd, I'd done a guy's hair. We, we was at a session on Sunday night. Um, um, and this guy, he, he was drunk and he... I was chatting to him and I sort of said about how my experience and he was just he was just bearing his soul to me and he, he, he just had no self-worth and I remember that feeling of you know the thing with alcoholics like people like me we suffer from a huge ego and a chronic low self-esteem it's a terrible balance between, of things yeah, yeah. you know and uh, this guy was all ego but deep down no self-esteem at all. I know. And I, I held the mirror up to him at the end. And I said, see this bloke? I was pointing to the mirror. Mm. I said, he's worth something. Yeah. And the guy nearly cried, like, because I was saying to him, look, mate, you're worth it. You're worth more than this. You know? And I know that, I know that feeling of feeling that, you, you, you know, if enough people tell you you're a piece of shit, you're, you start yeah. to believe it. Yeah. And the worst person for that is yourself. That inner voice is so crucial that I remember we wouldn't speak to another person how we speak to ourselves in, in that yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're more cruel to ourselves than we would be to any other person. And if you can start that, to turn that, that way around, that negative voice into a positive voice and, you know, give yourself some respect and some love, then you've got it for other people. And I, I think, yeah, as you say, you have to... With some people, you have to nurture it. Because I've, I've been here for 15 years. I've seen guys come through it. I've seen guys go back to work. Yeah. Living alcoholics. Going to work, changes life, and doing the right thing. When they come in here, we're singing their praises. and Because we know it can happen. But they just need to be able to have consistency for when it does, when they are ready. Yeah. When they're ready to make that plunge and constantly be there telling them like you said how good they are that guy was a carpenter the one that's flying around the world now doing his stuff he was a carpenter yeah. but he'd given up on that and just taken to the drink yeah but all through the drunkenness his bad behavior coming here sometimes screaming shouting getting arrested outside there yeah. getting arrested out here punching someone here getting arrested the night before we had it constant he was constantly like this yeah Within the 15 years that I've been here, he's clean. He's doing his carpentry work and travelling. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Coming back and showing us pictures on his phone of someone's kitchen he's just done in Cyprus and someone's kitchen he's just done Bethnal Green and got back that hope. And he comes in and talks to other clients yeah. about his his issues and how he was here. So And that see and, that, and people say there are no such thing as miracles. 
They're the modern day miracles. Could, They're the everyday miracles. If I could say names, I could read a list. I could yeah. write, read a, read, yeah. write off a list straight and away. And I know they're in a minority. You know, I, I believe that. I mean, I'm. I believe that the figures are something like over ten years. So, but it's someone like myself. We're in like three percent. I think they call us the three percenters. That's <laughs> terrible. You know, terrible, yes. terrible statistics. But when you are working with people in addictions and and homeless and all of these things. That, even if it's half a percent, even if it's one person in a thousand, that person affects so many people. Because I know when I was at my worst, how many people it affected. Oh, my wife, my children, my sister, my mum. You know, and it, then it you're talking out about, in yeah, a bad I was going to say, it goes right the, the healing, way out. The healing ripples out as much. So when we see that one person, we know the difference it makes. And I think there's a, the other point about a lot of our clients is, so whatever brought them to where they are, whatever brought them to where they are, and they want to get clean, one thing I always say to them, and a lot of them get quite emotional about that, is they remember some of the bad things they've done to grandma. Grandma died and I never got to say goodbye yeah. because I was on a bender somewhere. Yeah. I'd stolen grandma's rings for drugs. Yeah. I stole my mum's best whatever, you know. They'd done so much harm to close family friends. And then the idea is, oh my God, how am I gonna face them? I can't, son, I've never been able to, I'm a bad person, I've done all these terrible things. And I say to them, you've got to realize that your family understand. They might not agree, but they understand where it was coming from. It wasn't that you're a bad person and you did this terrible thing out of spiteful. You'd done it because you had an addiction that you're sick, you're not well. You wasn't well. And that's why it happened. But forgiveness is always there. People will always forgive you. Just go back and have a look. They will. I've always said, don't burn your bridges. I said, no. sometimes you think grandma's not going to forgive you. You think mum's not going to forgive you. But at the end of the day, family does matter. Friends matter and they will forgive you. Especially if you're trying to change and you say it. Because a lot of them, there's some of the things that they've told me they've done. And they see it as no way going back. And I laugh and I say, is that all? I said, so no murder or anything then? And they're like, what do you mean, son? I said, you never killed anyone. Do you know what I mean? You stole some jewellery. Materialistic yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'd forgive my son. Why wouldn't I? And he's like, what do you reckon, son? I'm saying, yes, I don't reckon I know. I'm a mother, I'm a grandmother. Yes, they will forgive you. You just need to get back on that ladder and start working towards it. So you have to give them hope that they can go back on those bridges and go to grandma's grave and put a flower now that they're yeah. sober. And, do you know what I mean? They're drugs free. My friend told me how many times he went to see his grandma and he said it, was, it took weeks for him to start feeling better because he said he went to her grave and it just bore his soul. And I, he said, of course he knows his grandma would like to know that he's clean. I said, well, she knows now. You've told her. And now it's time for you to act on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough working with the, the most vulnerable, the most less desirable people um, in our community. People look down at them all the time. And we, they prejudge them. But, yeah, I love them. I'm grateful for what they give me, and they don't even know that. 
the warmth they give me. The, sometimes they refresh your feeling about people, humanity. Do you know what I mean? When you see all this politics going on, you have conversations with them about Brexit and <laughs> what's going to happen and what it should, their thoughts on things. And sometimes you think they should be bloody running. They should be <laughs> advisors. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, um, it's, it's a job for life, I think. It's like when you sign up to be a nurse or a doctor. Yeah. You do it because you care. And, yeah, Whitechapel Mission. <laughs> That's where it's at for helping the homeless. Well, so I, I can't think, I mean, we're just coming up to the hour mark and I can't think of a better way to close it. But I just want to, um, I've got to, before we finish, just say that I, I've met so many people and to me, you are an angel on this earth. And I love you dearly. I love I'm you too. You, I'll make you cry again, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but you really are. You are an angel on this earth. I should just say thank you, but we're just using what we have to help who we can. It's not, it's not, you didn't learn it, do you know what I mean? You just do what you need to do to help people. And thank you. <laughs> but I'm no angel. <laughs> See me on a Saturday night. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Love you. It's just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job, this is a calling. 